Good evening. Today is Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. We're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is There is a Solution. And our speaker tonight is Laura L. Thank you, Laura L. And take it away. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much, Chanel. I'm very grateful to be here. It's an honor. Um, and I apologize, my lighting in my bedroom where I am is pretty bad. So just have to improvise. <laughs> I'll do the best I can. Um, anyway, I'm Laura L. I, um, I'm a food addict and a bulimic and recovered. And um, my pronouns are she, hers. I identify as lesbian queer and I'm living in steps 10, 11, 12 to the best of my ability one day at a time with God's grace. And I'm just going to start out with a quick prayer. Um, God, please help me set aside everything I think I know about you, me, my brokenness, my unmanageability um, and life. And um, so I may have an open heart and open mind to learn new things in these areas. Please help me see the truth. Thank you, God. Okay, so um, first I wanna say thank you for inviting me. I thank Liz, who I don't think is on tonight. She said she probably wouldn't be able to make it, but I'm so grateful to her. Um, we met through the 11 step treasures. So that was really sweet of her. And I love the inclusive mission of your meeting. I looked it up. Um, whoever sent that to me, I think it was Liz, but thank you. And I love that your title is choose your own conception. CYOC. That's just, that warms my heart because if we weren't allowed to do that, quote unquote allowed, um, you know, thank God that's in the big book. Um, I, I wouldn't be here because I, I was an atheist um, uh, most of my life. So, so this program was a bit of a struggle for that reason at the beginning, but we'll get to that. So anyway, what I thought I would do is um, just qualify first and tell you a little bit about myself and my story, and then get more into um, a few of the more distinctive passages or pages in, in the um, There is a Solution. So, um, so to start, um, I, I did share, I was a food act bulimic. Um, I was a grazer most of my life. Um, and I, and as this, as you know, this disease is permanent, progressive and fatal. So the progressive part, I progressed from grazer most of my life, as I said, to, um, to binging and purging. And I purged through exercise until that got dull. And then I purged through throwing up until that didn't work. And then I purged through um, spitting out, um, which means I would chew the food and then spit it out before I swallowed it. But that didn't always work either. And so then I would throw up and spit out. So um, it was at that point when I was 41, I'm 63 now, um, that I got into the rooms because I was effing desperate. Um, I was in a really bad space. So um, I did though first go to my first OA meeting when I was 24. Oh, by the way, I'm from New Britain, Connecticut. I forgot to say that. Um, and um, so I went to my first meeting at age 24 because I knew I had a problem with food. Um, and I was also an alcoholic. Well, Alcohol was another problem, but that's that's another story. But um, but I, after I went to that meeting, I didn't go back until I was 41. So I don't know how many years that is because my math is really bad. But um, I knew somebody at that meeting, and that was it. I 
I'm like, I'm not doing this ever again. But I did go back when I was 41. Okay, so um, just real quickly, I um, I grew up in a home of um, alcoholism. Um, and um, my parents were both really sick people in that respect. Um, and they had been, you know, through various forms of abuse when they were growing up. And I have great compassion for them. My father's no longer with us. He died um, of... Um, he died 30 years ago um, from in relation to this disease, to alcoholism. And um, so there was, it was a difficult, chaotic sort of um, upbringing. I was the oldest and um, put in charge of my younger sisters at a very, very young age. And, uh, and I was constantly criticized. Um, I didn't start really gaining weight until I was 11 or 12. And I went on my first diet when I was 11, I believe 10 or 11. But um, yeah, my mom, um, who I love dearly um, and our relationship has improved so much because of this program, but she was, she's narcissistic and, and um, alcoholic and also just was a perfectionist and very appearance oriented. So I became very appearance oriented and I was, criticized constantly for my appearance. And it's something I'm still grappling with today. Um, but I'm much, much better thanks to God in this program. Anyway, um, there was abuse, there was some violence, just a whole bunch of stuff. So um, I, I grew up sort of suppressing myself and, and um, I was totally controlled by my mom. So I, um, I had no sense of self, no identity. Um, my rage became my identity and I've channeled that into social justice work all my life. And, um, and so that was a good result, um, an activism, but the not so good result was that I never knew who I was and, um, really wasn't until I started working this program, um, fully, um, that I've, and with therapy, um, and with the help of all of you that I've, I've become, i started to get to know who I really was. So fast, fast speeding ahead. Um, I, um, I developed um, body dysmorphia, um, I think because of the, um, the constant criticism and the um, perfectionism and the focus on appearance so much that um, um, my highest weight, I was about 70 pounds more than I am now. And, um, but I would also had periods of restriction. I also had, you know, as I said before, bulimia. Um, so when I, what I feared more than anything, more than death, which I fear very much, not as much anymore, but I, yeah, it was gaining weight. So, um, when I discovered, when I started binging and my, and my, um, weight kept getting higher and higher and higher, um, and my self-hatred was just, so self-encompassing um, and um, my obsessive thinking was was just so out of control. Um, I was I felt I was the smartest person in the world when I learned how to throw up or spit out um, or run five miles a day, no matter what. So um, anyway, <laughs> that's just a little bit of my qualification qualifying. Um, I got into program and I just dieted really. I didn't know what else to do. And my sponsors didn't know what to do with me and I didn't know what to do with them. So 
um, that was sort of rough. And after about five or six years, I just went into this relapse um, when I, I work at a college and I took students to Japan through this whole foundation thing. And in Japan, nobody knew me. And I ate and drank like a quote unquote normal person. And um, and I came back and I entered into a relationship with somebody I shouldn't have. And I bought a condo, which I shouldn't have. You know, you're not supposed to make big decisions when you're in relapse. So anyway, the relapse kicked my ass, excuse my language. And I worked the program really, really hard. And I'm grateful to be in this area of the state. We have really, we have a ton of recovery here. Um, some of you might've heard of Don C um, on the on vision or whatever, but he's, um, he is, and many, many, many others are just, there's just a lot of recovery in this area. And um, I worked the program really hard, um, sponsored, you know, did service and everything, but you know what? I wasn't really, really entirely abstinent and I thought I was. So a couple of years ago, um, I was sort of relapsing and quit all my sponsees and my um, service positions and started working Vision for You and started um, working the steps through the big book only. And, um, and I've done that twice in the last two years and I've had two years of entire abstinence. And um, so, yeah, I, I've gone through a lot of different phases. And so I'm in a really good one right now. And I just got off the phone with my, um, or Zoom with a sponsee. And um, it's just so exciting to be able to carry the message, which is how we stay recovered. Okay. So, um, so what about this chapter? Um, the first word, the very first word after the title is we. And I, I'm just going to talk about that word for a second, because I, um, I'm an introvert. I'm scared of people. Um, I love people. I, you know, but I, I have an anxiety disorder. I have social anxiety. When I first came to program, I would sit in a circle, but I would pull my chair a little back. So I didn't have to be really part of the circle. And I would bolt right after the meeting. I don't think I talked to anybody for like an entire year. Pretty sad. Um, and for years, I've been in program 21 years, you know, I would still get those, that sort of scary feeling in my stomach before I shared. Um, and so that we, that, you know, that just jumped out at me because um, I it was extremely independent, very stubborn, very self-willed and thought I could do this by myself. Obviously I could not. So um, what, what struck me then was um, where it goes on to say on page 17, we have shared in a common peril and have joy of escaping it, but that's not enough to make us a we. We have found a common solution. We have found a way out. So we found an escape route and the escape route, I mean, shouldn't, maybe using the word escape isn't appropriate here because we escape into you know numbness with food. But what I meant was, we found a way out of that peril um, and that, and our disease, which annihilates like all we come in contact with um, has, is, is because of the nature of it, because of the ouch of the body, the twist of the mind, the obsession of the mind, the phenomenon of craving, because we're, we don't think normally because 
as other people do around food because we don't act normally. Um, the only way I can do my recovery is doing it with you and doing it with God. And that's the only way. And so let me back up and just talk about God for a second. And I use God, higher power, goddess, usually goddess, but it's interchangeable for me. Um, as a feminist and as a women's rights activist, sometimes it's really hard to do the picture the male God thing. So I'm, um, but anyway, I don't mean to offend anybody and I hope I'm not. Um, but I did come into program wanting to believe, but not believing. And believe me, it's been a it's been a journey and a half. I am um, somewhere in this chapter, and I can't remember which page, but um, I think it's this chapter where they talk about um, watching other, seeing it happen for other people. Um, the miracle happens for other people, and that's what that was my hope because I didn't I didn't have faith myself. Um, or in myself, by the way, but I, um, if I couldn't see it, it didn't exist. I was that kind of person. So the fact that, um, people around me were recovering, people around me were putting the food down, people around me stopped throwing up, um, or they gained weight, um, if they were restrictors or anorexic. So, but it wasn't about the food and the weight. It was about people change, their personalities change, they had spiritual awakenings, they had um, the psychic change that this chapter talks about. So, um, so with that, I began to believe, and I also had had friends, you know, and I I'm I grew up with um, a Jewish mom and an Episcopalian dad, neither of them who believed in in God. So um, I. I went ahead and, and explored my Jewish um, heritage and learned, you know, I'm not going to go into it, but I just, I've looked at a lot of different religions. This is the only thing that I've really found that works for me in terms of spirituality, but I, I, I embrace all forms. Um, but I did have a spiritual awakening, but it just took a long, long time. So don't give up if, you, if anybody's um, new. Um, but anyway, as I was saying, it's not about the food or the weight. It's really about my mind. And I think it's on page, I want to say, um, 20, um, but I could be wrong. I'm sorry. I had all this written down, but, um, I'm a little sleep deprived. So on page 23 in the middle, it says, therefore, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. If you ask him why he started on the last bender, the chances are he will offer you any one of a hundred alibis. Once in a while, further down, he may tell the truth. So I was a chronic liar. Um, I know I'm skipping around a bit, but please bear with me. I, I, you know, I was a chronic liar most of my life. And so it's been really hard to tell the truth, but I am telling you the honest to God truth now. I am, um, I have this disease. It's never going to go away. I'm never going to be cured, but I'm, but I'm getting better every single day. Um, you know, I grew up with um, with models, literally, because my dad worked for five minutes, Dana. Okay. My father was in advertising, um, worked for a fashion magazine. We had pictures of models from magazines, like, all over the house. Um, um, 
anybody who grew up in the 60s and 70s remembers Twiggy. I mean, just remembers sort of just the the whole mini dress, hot pants, got to be thin, um, long blonde hair, all that crap that we got sold that we had to look like. And my only my only goals in life were to be thin and pretty. And I wanted to be tall too, I'm only five, four, but whatever. And um, so that, that was it. That was the only thing in my life I wanted. Plus, you know, I did a lot of social justice work, but, but the most important thing was about how I looked. And um, because of this program, that's not the most important thing in my life. The most important thing is carrying the message, working the program. Um, and, you know, where it says, there is a solution. The solution is having a spiritual awakening. The only way to do that is to work the steps. Um, on page 25, um, there was nothing left for us to do but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and we've been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence, which of which we had not even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing else nothing less that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences, which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows and towards God's universe. So, yeah, so God's entered our hearts and our souls. And now we are um, living in a way that is indeed miraculous. And I'll tell you, there are many days when I don't feel like doing the work <laughs> and I don't want to get up early and listen to vision for you. And I don't want to get on my knees because I have one bad knee and, you know, it's like, okay, poor me, poor me, poor me, another, you know, it's no, that's not going to work. Um, living in self-pity does not work. And so I do my 10 steps to the best of my ability. And um, I have a couple of friends on this, um, on this uh, program tonight that, um, that take my tents and I feel sorry for them because sometimes they're just like all over the place, but you know, we do the work, we, we have to. And um, I guess I feel so incredibly, incredibly blessed and lucky because never, ever, ever in a million years did I imagine I would, I would be able to give up what I've given up. And it, and it doesn't feel like I gave up anything. It feels like I've gained so much. And I've gained a sense of self, which I began this talk tonight saying I didn't have. And I'm still searching and I'm still learning and I'm still, I, I still make a ton of mistakes. I mean, I'm always going to make mistakes. I'm a human, but I'm still learning how to live on life's terms and do the things that normal people do, like have relationships, intimate relationships and, you know, um, just stuff that I, it's very hard for me, but um, I guess I'll just wrap up of saying that, you know, I'm no longer an arrogant, sarcastic, leaving a tornado of destruction type of, of sister, daughter, friend, um, employee, supervisor, sponsor, whatever. I, in all those roles, I was fucking up. I was messing up. Not on purpose. I just didn't know any better. Um, and I was being run by, by my will. So I do the best of my ability. Um, is to let go of that and 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 pray for God's will and then just try to go with God's flow and not mine. So um, 
I'm sorry, I hope this made some sense. I literally felt a little all over the place. Um, but I appreciate your, your love and your patience. And I guess I just want to say that one of my biggest struggles is to treating myself with compassion and with love and forgiving myself um, and letting go of shame. So those are the things I'm working on still. So if anybody is also working on those things, you're not alone, even if you're a million years recovered. So um, I think my time up is my time is up, Dana. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. You have about 15 seconds. All right. I just want to say, I love you all. Thank you so much for inviting me here tonight. Um, and if, um, you want to contact me, I'll put my, um, number in the chat and just text or call. Um, except I leave my phone on at night because, I have a mom who's 88 who lives a few hours away and I just like to leave, I like to leave that line open. So if you call me at night, then I'll be upset because I'm an insomniac and I won't get back to sleep. So anyway, that said, thank you so much and blessings to you all. Thank you so much, Laura L. Thank you. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and our Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would our timekeeper, Dana, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer as well. Let's see who we've got. First, we have Jackie A. Go ahead, Jackie. Hi, I want to thank our speaker very much. Um, I heard a lot of... Um, of strength and hope and a lot, a lot, a lot of vulnerability that I could relate to. And um, I just want to put a shout out for the 11 step treasure group as well, because I, I think that without that 11 step train, I wouldn't be the person that I am today at all, at all. And um, I pulled over, which is my recovery, because I've done enough of these 10 steps on that train of how I distract, distracted. So I'm pulled over doing this right now. Um, I, I heard a lot about body image and, and about, um, more mind acceptance, body image, but mind acceptance and, and how I related to people. And, um, this is my fifth time going through the steps and I got to do my fifth step again last night with my sponsor, part of it. And I might actually meet her in person on Sunday and I'm like floored right now, just trying to think about it and how tired I'm going to be if I'm driving at night. And I'm going to like wave to her at eight o'clock at night as I'm coming down from Vermont and I'd be like, I'm going home. I'll talk to you later because I'm not in my house. Um, but just the strength of this program and, and on my fourth step multiple times were how I felt about my family, how insignificant I feel around people, how I try to hide and cover my tracks, how um, I'm afraid of my dog's behavior. I'm afraid of my mental health or um, work performance. And, and now I am, because of the prayer prayer and because of how I got to get 
work through these steps this time is I wasn't allowed to go to the next column until I felt it, until I felt the effects of the prayer. And it took me a month and 20 days to do my fourth step inventory because I purposely waited. Don't go past go unless I feel it in my heart. So I've been able to make ninth step amends in the process, been able to connect with family, been able to take my dog to her second day of kindergarten. OB in school, people. It's great. Um, I'm able to go hiking. I'm going to do 11, uh, 111 high peaks, hopefully before I'm 41. I would never be able to do that before a program. One, because I'm a chicken shit. Two, because I'm afraid of incline. And three, because God made nature. And, and my God is also a gender neutral God. They're infinite. They're dead. They're alive. They're, they're, they put out warrants for my arrest. Um, and, and they speak to me in Morse code and they bubble up in me or in others. And, um, and I get to go hiking with God. I get to go paddling with my God. Not anybody else's mine. I don't have no idea what others God bubble is doing. I just know God, my God bubble surrounds me like a little, like, here you go. And, um, and I really, I've never been on this meeting. I've heard other people talk about how great this meeting is. Um, that's your time. That I get to experience it. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. And next up, we have Carolyn. Go ahead, Carolyn. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for your share. Um, I related to a lot of it. Um, and especially, actually, the work with social justice, because I think I channeled my rage from my childhood into that as well. And that's one good thing that came out of my childhood. Um, but uh, I'm always kind of impressed, I guess I would say, that this disease can look so different in people. Um, I have been overweight all my life. I've also been obsessed about my body image. Um, but it's the same disease. Like, it doesn't matter what behaviors you're doing. Um, it's the same disease. And I went to my therapist today, um, and he is a 12 stepper. Um, and he actually said, I think you've been restored to sanity. <laughs> so I was very delighted. Um, anyway, that's all I have to say. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carolyn. And next up we have Anne. Go ahead, Anne. Hi, my name is Ann. I am a compulsive overeater. And Laura, um, I could relate to so much of what you said um, that being perfect. And um, I spent a long time hung up there. And, um, and the shame, um, un, un, unbearable shame um, for years. Um, you know, I, um, I have to credit a lot of outside help for getting me past a lot of that, but you know what, that being perfect can just pop in any moment with any little thing. And, um, so I, um, I have to just, um, be really careful and I practice a lot of self-care activities to survive all of that 
Um, but you know, it's, um, it is a work in progress for sure. Um, and, and doing that self-care because I, I want to do more than I can. I'm getting older and I want to do more than I'm able to do now. And, um, and that is kind of frustrating, but you know, I, I know where I will end up if I overdo. I will be in one of those panic things. And you said you talked about that, and I have the same thing. So I really, it, it's, it's been under control for about a month now. And um, so I really have to practice self-care activities. And I want to thank you so much for, for being brave, for being vulnerable, for sharing yourself exactly as you did. You did um, a marvelous job, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. That's all I have. Thank you, Ann. And next we have Lacey. Go ahead, Lacey. Thank you so much. Um, gosh, thank you, Laura. I love it when I see specifically women saying I'm nervous or whatever, and then doing the thing anyway. You know, that, that's so powerful to me. Um, because I have lived a lot of my 55 years um, being afraid and not doing things because I won't do it perfect or, you know, there's just a lot of negative self-talk that goes on. And I know that that comes from my childhood and the things that I heard uh, either spoken to me or around me. And I know so many of us have, it's so beautiful that I can hear about you know, someone else's childhood and how it affected them. And it, mine may have affected me a little bit differently, but I, your feelings, I can hear your feelings and it, it just resonates with me. And, you know, we eat, I eat um, over the buildup of human emotion. And I have got to talk about that stuff. I have got to connect with other women specifically that, think like I do and feel like I do and have had similar experiences and oh my gosh the the body stuff and the social even way before you know social media and the internet it was just so uh, I didn't need social media or the internet to um, everyone in my family was dieting talking about what we needed to look like you know I mean it's just insane and I I have so many close lovely girlfriends who I love so much who are in another 12-step program with me, but they don't want to talk about any of that stuff because then they have to look at their food. And, you know, I mean, so I get it. And I'm just so grateful that I can be in a room with people who, who just are want the solution and can be vulnerable and have intimate conversations. So thank you again for showing up for us. Thank you, Lacey. And next we have Carla. Go ahead, Carla. Um, thank you so much. Welcome home, everybody. We're so glad you're here. I'm so happy to be here with y'all today and knowing that we come here just like we are. We can take our mask off and be vulnerable. And thank you so much, Laura, for your vulnerability and your honesty. Um, you know, it's not easy to be the real authentic person in front of other people. I spent my entire life being what I perceived I wanted people to think of me, um, the freedom that I have. I'm a short timer, so I've been here four years, but the freedom to be able to come into a room 
and know that I can really be who I am. I want to just share part of this. Um, there is a solution chapter and um, and kind of from my own experience and my sponsor. And um, and so it says, uh, but the, the ex-problem drinker. So I want to talk about, so my sponsor, she was a woman when I went to the, my first meeting with her who had found the solution, <laughs> who she was properly armed with facts about herself. And she can generally win the entire confidence of another compulsive overeater in a few hours. Y'all, it didn't take but three minutes. That's all she had to share. But until such an understanding is reached, nothing can be accomplished. But this woman who made the approach for me, she had the same difficulty. She talked about being like I was, and she was no more. She obviously knows what she was talking about. And her whole deportment shouts to me, the new prospect, that she's a woman with a real answer. Y'all, I had the chills the entire time she was talking. I wanted everything she had because I couldn't imagine not eating every few minutes. I couldn't imagine not living in guilt, shame, and remorse. And she had an, and she didn't have an attitude of holier than thou. She didn't, she didn't instruct me. She's still my sponsor today. She has never told me what to do. She always sends me back to a power greater than me for direction, but she always holds my hand and shares her experience. And then the, the sincere desire to be helpful, that's what she is incarnate. And and when we come here, there's no fees to pay, no axes to grind. You know, I don't have to come here and, and convince y'all to believe like I do about anything. And choose your own conception is the, is the bedrock of that, is that this is a spiritual malady and it's a spiritual solution. And we come to that in our own way. And there's no lectures to be endured. <laughs> you know, these are the conditions that we found most effective. The first hundred found them the most effective. I find them the most effective. And then it says, after such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. Y'all, I wasn't walking when I got here. I crawled in, but I picked up my bed and I am walking today. And I'm so grateful because it's, it's as I work with newcomers, as I continue to stay in that place of what does this look like every Hi. day? Thank you, Dana. And um, and and be able to remind myself I'm a chronic forgetter. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Chanel. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you, Lacey. Thanks, everyone, for the service of sharing your experience with us. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. And now we will go ahead and end the recording, but we'll still have time for unrecorded shares. So keep those hands up.